Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 46. You've probably heard by now all about Royal Caribbean's brand new shows and entertainment coming to Quantum of the Seas, but you know, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into what we can expect. So this week, I'm so excited to welcome Royal Caribbean's Vice President of Entertainment, Nick Weir, onto the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast to talk all about these new shows and give everyone listening an idea of what to expect. Here we go. So with the new shows announced for Quantum of the Seas earlier this month, Royal Caribbean is once again raising the bar for the entire cruise industry. And of the people who have been at the forefront of what Royal Caribbean is doing is Royal Caribbean's Vice President of Entertainment, Nick Weir. And it's my distinct pleasure and honor to welcome him to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Welcome, Nick. Hey, how are you? Outstanding. And uh, Nick, thank you very much for taking the time out of what I'm sure is an incredibly busy time of the year for you with all everything going on with Quantum. Well, absolutely. You know, the uh, the cruise line, the cruise business is rapidly expanding, especially at Royal. And uh, we've got, you know, ship, ships coming online over the next uh, half decade, of which Quantum is the first. And I think Quantum is going to be something really to talk about. I mean, it's just uh, I, I'm, I'm more and more excited every day. You had the honor of announcing the entertainment guests can enjoy on board Quantum of the Seas last week. It definitely looks like 270 is going to be the focal point for entertainment on board. Can you talk to us about this innovative venue some more and how this multi-purpose place is going to give guests a little something a little different than what we've come to expect on a cruise ship before? Absolutely. Well, you know, 270 uh, as a as a theatrical space is completely different from uh, from any theater not only at sea but any theater that's ever been designed anywhere in the world, uh, which is something so cool to be a part of. Um, Royal Caribbean have always done a great job in the past of, of finding entertainment offerings around the world and, uh, and, and saying to themselves, well, why can't we do that on a, on a cruise ship? So we brought ice skating shows to, to the high seas. We brought aqua shows to the high seas, Broadway shows, et cetera, et cetera. And the, the thing about uh, 270 is that we've kind of gone the next step, which is instead of bringing something that already exists and doing an amazing version of it on the high seas, we've basically redesigned the entire concept of a theatrical space. And therefore, what kind of material, what kind of content will provide to the guests in that space? So 270 is a paradigm shift in every way. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, the interesting thing about the entertainment, you were mentioning a lot of the shows that were coming on to Quantum of the Seas. It's well known by now that Quantum of the Seas is going to be going to Asia. And that means, uh, and the, really the question I think a lot of people are wondering is, does that mean that these shows, all these brand new shows you're announcing, are they going to change at all or be replaced to accommodate the Chinese cruise market? Or are they pretty much going to be the same? Well, you know, um, the best way to answer that is that we, we already program for a very international clientele. So we make sure that our entertainment, as we put it together, is really something for everybody all the time. So although there may be some tweaks we need to make with some language things, you know, there might be some, you know, in the activities, which is something we already do with our ships that go over to China. Um, you know, there are some tweaks we make to how we frame um, an offering. Uh, we might tweak some of the, if we, I mean, like in the trivia type activities. Obviously, we, we skew that towards the Chinese market and we use the Chinese language, uh, either Mandarin or the other one. But 
as far as the main entertainment in the main theatres, no need to change it. You know, we're, we're, we're already uh, sort of pitching to the world anyway, especially in 270. 270 is a show that uh, it's going to be the first of its type on the planet. And for that reason, we don't want to modify it at all. We want to make sure that our Chinese market uh, sees it exactly the way we, we originated it uh, in the first place. That sounds great. I mean, 270 is really just such a different take on entertainment. I know, Nick, your background in that, obviously, prior to coming to Royal Caribbean. I mean, is this the – is 270 kind of like the – this massive, like, idea, like this taking all the tricks, so to speak, that you've known in, in your professional career and kind of applying it here, trying new things? Like, tell us a little bit more about the – the genesis of 270. Absolutely. You know, so, so I've already mentioned, you know, the idea was to redesign the theatrical space. So we've very much done that. For example, this, this theater is right at the aft end of the ship. Uh, and for that reason, there can be no backstage because the backstage area is, in fact, outside the back windows and therefore in thin air. So we've had to design a whole new um, way of, of producing a show when it comes to how we get artists on and off stage. <clears throat> so the, uh, the backstage area is actually under the stage and above the stage. So we have literally dressing rooms and costume stores and ready rooms above and below the theater. And we have what we call actor lifts, which are like little mini torpedo tubes that the artist <laughs> stands on and, and then is literally, I don't know, catapult is the wrong word because it's much slower than that, but they are lifted or lowered into the, uh, into the 270 theatrical space. When it comes to the stage, there is no single stage. There are actually five separate elements, all independent from each other, that can rise, raise and lower and rotate uh, in concert together or as one item. So it's really a totally different-looking uh, theatrical space. And then, of course, the technology with the Vistarama, which is going to be this 150-foot-wide video screen with 18 high-definition projectors projecting onto it that allows us to create high-resolution uh, scenery that whatever we dream of, we can now create and, and project. It's a bit like, you know how they do movies like Star Wars on a blue screen? Well, we're kind of almost going in that direction. We can create any scenery we want and project it onto this surface in high definition. So we can literally transport the guests and the artists to another world. Amazing. And speaking of amazing, there are also a number of shows that aren't just new to Quantum of the Seas, but also Royal Caribbean in general. And, you know, Sonic Odyssey really caught my eye, Nick. I'm not still exactly sure what an Earth Harp is, but it sounds like this is really going to be an auditory adventure. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more how this show became a reality? Well, um, it all started in the, the, the wacky mind of, uh, of William Close, who is the artist that's helping us create this, uh, along with a couple of production companies, um, uh, Art House Live and, uh, and Under the Radar, uh, and Royal Caribbean Productions, and William Close are all working together. Uh, but the Earth Heart was, was created by, by William Close. Uh, it, it is an enormous stringed instrument. And when I say enormous... I mean, one end of the earth harp is on stage, and the other end of the earth harp is in the balcony of the main theater, hundreds of wow. feet away. And our artists, uh, sorry, our guests will be sitting basically inside the instrument. If you can imagine, the entire theater becomes, I'll give you a good analogy, the, the theater becomes like the box of an acoustic guitar, and the earth harp is the strings. So the, artist, so the, the guests will be inside this space, underneath the strings, 
watching them and feeling them being played by, uh, by William Close. And around that basic concept, we've created an entire production show. He's invented other instruments. Let me just name a couple. The, uh, the drum cloud, uh, the violin dress. Uh, these are just some of the things that have come out of his mind with the, we're currently building and we're currently uh, producing ready for, uh, for the inaugurals of, uh, of, of Quantum of the Seas. Wow, that's impressive. I mean, I thought I would had a good day for emptying my inbox, but that's that's quite a bit of uh, inventions on his part. <laughs> oh no, it, it's going to be it's going to be great. You know, it really is. Um, and you know, with the technology in two seventy at the aft end of the ship, uh, uh, you know, the, the the back end, the stern end of the ship, we felt like Sonic Odyssey was a lovely analog. It, uh, sort of a counter-programming to the technology. So it, there's nothing more basic and analog and, and fundamental than a stringed instrument, um, albeit the biggest on the planet. But this is essentially a stringed instrument, so the set design is all beautiful, warm wood. Um, the entire show has an incredibly organic feel about it. Um, and at the other end of the ship, 270, with our, with our Vistarama and our crazy stage and our, 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 our actor torpedo lifts. And, of course, the robots. Don't forget the robots. Of course. Who could forget them? They'll be taking over the Earth soon. So it's good to include them on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we've got robots in, in 270. And, and we've, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of automation on this ship. So we're kind of concerned that one day all this automation will become self-aware and they'll, they'll take over the ship and, and, and take it off into the sunset with our guests. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, yeah. Nick, one of the shows I think that resulted in me thinking, now why didn't I think of that, was the Mamma Mia After Party. It's a Broadway-style show that sounds like it's a really fun way to augment, obviously, this really highly anticipated Broadway show coming to the ship. So what is the after show exactly and what will it entail? Well, first of all, Matt, as soon as we finish on this call, I think I'm going to offer you a job because you totally get it all right, right out of the box. Um, all the best ideas in the world are the ones that you tend to say, well, why didn't I think of that? And so none of us know why we didn't think of it. But, uh, you know, I was a resident of Vegas for, for a decade, and I can tell you I went to countless opening nights, to countless openings of shows, and honestly – Nobody was particularly interested in going to the opening night of the of the show. They wanted to go to the after party. That's the hottest ticket in town. Mm. So when we um, when we started creating our, our programming for, for Quantum of the Seas, and we, we we decided we were going to do this amazing show, Mamma Mia, we had this idea: why not? When this show is finished, especially, and this is made particularly possible because of the proximity of the Music Hall, which is another venue on board the, uh, the Quantum of the Seas. It's a standalone little theatrical space, very, very close to the main theater. It's perfect for trafficking people out of the, the Mamma Mia show, which they've just seen the curtain come down on. They're in a great mood. They're ready for more. And they're all invited to the Mamma Mia after party, which is exactly that. It's the party after the show. And the cast members who on board Quantum are the celebrities. I mean, you know, they, they, these, our performers on our Broadway shows are from Broadway. So they're, they're, you know, just like people want to meet the artists at the backstage door on Broadway or in London's West End, they want to meet our artists. So this um, after party gives a chance to all our audience members and all our guests to come and actually hang out with the cast. And we'll do a red carpet with a step and repeat. Now, photographers will be there. And it'll be exactly what it says on the box. It'll be the after party of the show. And it'll feel like that. It'll look like that. And I think it's going to be so cool because I don't think it's ever been done before in the cruise industry. It's something we're really proud of. And I think it's going to be a big success. 
Absolutely. Sounds wonderful. I know my wife can't wait for it. So we got, we got one fan already for that. That's great. Another show that really caught my eye was the Tribute Band program. Tribute Bands are really big these days. And can you give us some more details on what this show will offer? Okay, this is now. It's great. I mean, we're working together now because that's the perfect segue. I mentioned musical, and that's what this is all about. Royal Caribbean have had an amazing history over the years with tribute artists um, on Oasis class. You know, most cruisers, you know, there's a Beatlemania or there's some, you know, there's Abracadabra. There's this fantastic relationship we've got with the best tribute artists on the planet. When you see these people, it's, it's, you're watching them. You're what, I mean, there's, when you watch uh, Beatlemania, play live it's you're watching the Beatles. they use the original instruments the original vintage instruments and uh, and you get a really great idea of what it would be like to listen to the Beatles in their day however we create this party atmosphere uh right during the show and then the curtain comes down and everyone says that was great and they sort of walk out of the theater and they look for the next thing but we don't capitalize on that energy as well as we'd like to so the idea on quantum of the seas with the music hall is to do our tribute performances in a separate venue. And that way, and the, 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 uh, the, the way the music hall's set up, there's room for people to stand and dance. You can sit and watch the show. You can dance. So we'll probably extend these shows uh, to a proper length of a concert. So, so the Beatles or ABBA or whoever we're tributing um, will play for maybe 80, 90 minutes. You get a full concert experience, but the bar is open, the dance floor is open, and you can actually party while you're enjoying it. So we're very excited because we think this is a real upgrade on how we are actioning this fantastic offering that Royal Caribbean have always done such a great job of doing. We're just taking it to the next level, like everything on Quantum. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, the Gatsby show is another one that caught my eye, Nick, because it's advertised as a high-energy themed event that will be like a 20s party. And you know what? It reminded me a lot of the Prohibition Party on Allure of the Seas. How similar is the show going to be, if at all? And uh, why might guests want to check it out? Okay, I think it is similar in a way. I mean, because that you know the Prohibition Party's got this wonderful vibe. It's kind of a secret party. You know, the way we—I won't talk too much about it because I don't want to give it away for people that are listening that haven't taken part in it. But it's on the Oasis class, and um, it's just a really cool little secret society where people get to dress up, and you know they can get into the era of the clothing and the whole Prohibition uh, time. So I guess it's kind of the seed for why we went with Gatsby. Um, there's a, a there's a, a part to the Star Water show, which is the show in 270, that has an Art Deco Gatsby feel. That was one of the reasons we went down this route. Well, wouldn't it be great after the Star Water show is finished to go into a big party that kind of looks like the end of the show? <clears throat> so that's one of the other reasons, you know, sort of the genesis of the idea. But you know, that movie and and the music and the vibe and and that era uh, is just it's so perfect for our clientele. You say the word Gatsby, it's one word, and it says it all. Everyone knows what it's going to be, exactly as you described it. It's going to be a high-energy dance party. Uh, the design, you know, the, the sort of the, the, the material that we use in the projections for 270, the look of the room, the lighting, it's just going to be such a cool, different-looking party. We're very excited about it. Absolutely. Now, Nick, i got to ask you, during the Google Hangout event where you announce all these shows, you did mention Royal Caribbean was or had been considering an additional fee for entertainment, which spawned a avalanche of tweets, message board threads, emails, and et cetera. So can you give us some more an idea of what you were talking about here and when? Was this an idea that was just tossed around kind of like Royal Caribbean may someday build spaceships, 
but it's not going to happen anytime soon? Or are these really tangible plans that we can expect to see sometime in the near future? Well, no, not really. I mean, first of all, the whole point of the Google Hangout is to get loads of tweets and loads of gravity. So I'm glad that that happened. But the reality is, no, I mean, as I said on the Google Hangout, you're never going to come into our theaters and pay for the entertainment because it's, that's just not what the cruise industry is about. But you just mentioned prohibition. That's an activity where there's an, a, a food and beverage element to it. It's, a, a, it's an above and beyond. Uh, it's an event that takes place in addition to everything else. And there's already a charge for that. So it's nothing new, actually. There are some activities out there that are sort of special activities above and beyond the normal programming. Prohibition is a good example uh, where the drinks and the, you know, there's, there's everything thrown in together, entertainment, and it, and it has a price. But it's not a big part of our programming. It, it's no bigger than you've already mentioned with Prohibition. But, uh, I mean, the, the fundamental uh, thing that excites me and everyone else in entertainment in the cruise, in the cruise industry is the fact that we don't charge. That's the, that's the core value. Um, in fact, I was talking to Kristen on the Google Hangout about a time I was in the main theater, and I saw the entire front row was taken up by one family. I think there were about 12, 13, 14 of them, grandparents, parents, children, grandchildren. And I remember then they were about to watch, I think it was Saturday Night Fever. I was on, I was on uh, Liberty. And, uh, and, they were about to, and I remember thinking, that is a huge uh, outlay of cash on land, but not in the cruise industry. That guy gets to bring his entire family to see a full Broadway show uh, on us. And I think that's the way it'll always be. And uh, I think it's important because I think it's just the way to go. That's what cruising's all about. You come up the gangway and you start having a good time and you can reach into your pockets if you want, but you don't need to. Well said, Nick. And before I let you go, I want to ask you, I do this to everyone who comes on the podcast to get them to know a little bit better. I was going to ask you some quick questions to get to know how you like to cruise on Royal Caribbean. So I'm going to ask you a quick question. Just say the first thing that comes to your head. You ready? Okay, yeah. Favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm a carnivore. Chops. Chops. <laughs> you have to apologize for that. That's a great choice. Preferred <laughs> drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? Uh, there's no question about it. I think of myself as a Bond-like character. Uh, you can tell from the accent and the energy and the deadly wit. It's a vodka martini every day at six. There you go. Favorite port of call to visit? Good question. Uh, I would say uh, St. Thomas. St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. I spent some time there as a kid because my father was in the cruise business when I was growing up. And one of the ways we were, as a family, able to see Dad was by living in the islands. So I lived in St. Thomas, and it's just always been a great port of call. Guests will always love St. Thomas. So that's definitely the answer. And lastly, your favorite song on the radio or your iPod today? Favorite song? Oh, my goodness me. Uh, <laughs> What's that song from Gatsby, the movie, I, I, I Love a Party? I think it's that one. We're going to keep it on theme. All right. Sounds good. Nick Weir, Vice President of Entertainment for Royal Caribbean, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. On behalf of all the guests that will be sailing soon on Quantum of the Seas, I want to thank you for all and your team has done to deliver what I, I know is going to be some really amazing show. So thank you, Nick. Thanks, Matt. You're a great interviewer, and I hope to meet you sometime. Bye. Boy, that was great having Nick on and talking all about Quantum of the Seas. I'm really excited for it. And I'm also really excited to talk about your listener emails, Facebook messages, tweets, everything else you've been sending us. I want to read it. Can't wait to read it, in fact. And we're going to start with an email from Paul and Sarah Jones from Marlowe, England. 
Hi, once again, Matt. We emailed you several weeks ago talking about female cruising and their opinion, which my wife thanks you for your response and the blog which followed. Episode 39, keep up the fantastic work. I have to write to you again on a very serious topic. As you've seen on TV news and in the press, and as you're aware, on May 27th, a six-year-old boy was found at the bottom of the swimming pool aboard Royal Caribbean's Independence of the Seas. As a family man with several children that have been cruising Royal Caribbean in the last seven years, and myself and my wife still cruise are very loyal to Royal, we're very concerned that there are no lifeguards on duty. I'm sure that there are strict rules regarding health and safety on board the Royal Caribbean, but when it comes to safety around swimming pools, which is a dangerous place to be, there seems to be a lack of safety. I do believe what people say, that parents should be more responsible and keep a watch on their children. But, as you know, taking children on holiday, even the excitement of a cruise out of this world for most children, that they do get active and wish to play and swim, it's called being a kid. The number of children aboard any Royal Caribbean ship can be a vast number, especially during holidays. So the risk of something happening increases. Wouldn't it be a great idea for Royal Caribbean to employ lifeguards? They wouldn't need to employ any more staff, just train some of the current staff. Some ships have vast number of staff, maybe as low as 2 to 1 per passenger staff ratio. Many of the staff on board have several roles on board the ship already, so I think if they were trained 12 to 15 of the current staff and become licensed certified lifeguards, people, and adults especially children, will feel more secure using the pools. And incidents like the one I mentioned may never happen again. Paul and Sarah, thank you for the email. It's a great topic, and you know it's a very important one, and there's a heavy discussion about it. You know, it, it's a tough one, I got to say, because there's both sides of the coin, really, in terms of where what Royal Caribbean could do, what parents should be doing, and you know what, it's 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 a real tough thing. I don't disagree with anything you brought up there, but I I applaud you for sending in that email and letting us know how you feel about the topic. Of course, this when this podcast is your venue, your forum for sharing your thoughts and everything else going on in Royal Caribbean. So, thank you very much. Next, we have a Facebook message from Carrie Wendell Strange. I'm a regular listener of your podcast. I thoroughly enjoy the quality of information shared and your passion for cruising with Royal Caribbean. I'm a longtime cruise vacationer and travel advisor with over 60 cruises under my belt, and I'm a Diamond member of the Crown and Anchor Society, so I rarely need help being inspired or finding an excuse to enjoy another cruise. That being said, your recent episode number 44 inspired me to come up with a creative way to convince my lovely bride of many years that we should celebrate her upcoming birthday on board Allure of the Seas. It worked famously, and we are booked on Allure July 6th to the Eastern Caribbean with confirmed reservations at 150 Central Park for dinner, followed by the Chicago Broadway show to celebrate her special day. I also have hopes of connecting with your driver and friend Leo Brown in St. Martin to take my wife on a photography tour of the island. Being in the business, we recently cruised the Norwegian Getaway in March, so it'll be nice to compare that experience to our upcoming cruise on board Allure. However, the first priority is just having fun and enjoying the cruise experience. Thank you again for your awesome podcast, and keep them coming. Great email, Carrie, and I'm so glad that you got to take, or actually book another cruise and and uh, share that special moment on board Allure. This is going to be a great time, I really think. And, of course, your plans for the special day had a 150 central park and broadway man that's a great that's a great plan right there and on top of it you're going to one of my favorite islands st martin and i already sent you through facebook leo's contact information i'm happy to send it to anybody just email me matt at realcreamblog.com and i can send that to you so i think you're in for a great time carrie have a wonderful time and you know that i i think really you're <laughs> i think your your wife is going to have a great birthday on board allure of the sea so thank you very much Back to the emails we go. We have an email from Christopher Percy. In regards to episode 44, Lure of the Seas listener preview, very interesting insight from Len and Laurel on their experience with Disney Cruise Line and what their expectations are for their upcoming cruise on Allure. I know they'll definitely be wowed on their cruise. 
Disney normally runs considerably more to cruise than Royal Caribbean. And even though they have some unique family children programs, the big difference in cost is a major sticking point for many cruisers. I would check out their book to get further information on the Disney Cruise Line. It was fun to talk to uh, Laurel and Len about that episode, Chris. So, you know, I think they really are going to have a good time. And they're going with very low expectations, which I think is actually, it'll be good in the long run because I think they're really going to say, like, wow, this is a really great experience. And maybe we'll maybe we'll convert them over to being a fan. Who knows? Next, we have an email from Paul Westbrook. Matt, thanks for this fantastic podcast. A few ideas, if I may, either for topics you can discuss or maybe even show ideas. One, perhaps a decoding of the cruise compass. As a relatively new Royal Caribbean cruiser, I want to do it more on the cruise. I know it's a guide to show me what's going on, but it seems like there's a lot to digest. Is there a way to drill down or decode it so it's simpler to find things I might want to do? Number two, maybe an examination of the ports, which airports, hotels, car services to the major ports that Royal Caribbean operates in. Multiple airports would be good since sometimes that can yield airline savings. Three, I will just call it Deck 5. I was on Enchantment of the Seas last year and was looking for a quiet place. Little did I know it would come on the muster deck. One day, wandering around the shop casino floor, I was wandering outside. Deck chairs, the horizon, hardly a soul. Perfect place to sit and relax. Maybe talk about those decks on each class of the ship. Can't thank you enough, my friend. Be well, Matt. Paul, great email, great suggestions. In fact, you know what? Next week's show, totally about that cruise compass thing. That's what we're going to do. So book it. You all know what's, what's coming your way next week. And some of the other ideas I think you had were, were pretty good. I like your idea also about the Deck 5 thing because there are a lot of great places on Royal Caribbean ships to just relax and read a book, take a nap, enjoy the scenery. And I do love that. I think on some ships it's Deck 4, some ships on Deck 5. It's basically the, it is the mustard drill deck. It's that deck that wraps around the ship mostly. And you get to basically their shuffleboard there, but there's lots of chairs that lie in and you can see out to the ocean. It's also the deck you, when you embark on your ship, when you first get on first day one, the, the best day of the year, <laughs> you, uh, you walk on that deck and that deck is, it is a really nice place. It's a great place to relax both evening and night. I know that when my wife and I are on cruises and we finish dinner, we'll often walk around the deck at least once. We'll do a loop around the ship on that deck. It's a great place because you have the ocean breeze, you have the, I don't know, the whole lit, the lighting because it's night out. It's just a beautiful place to go. So couldn't agree more, Paul. And I think we'll definitely be talking more about those topics in the weeks to come. Next, we have an email from Jeffrey Hickson. Hi, Matt. We'll be cruising in the Mediterranean on Serenade of the Seas, June 28th through July 10th. Wondering about the Venice port. The ship ports there for two days. Does the ship close at any point for reboarding during the first night or can we reboard late? We're wondering because we plan to rent a car and travel to Vicenza for the day and we'll most likely get back late and don't want to be turned away or worse, locked out of the ship. P.S. This is our first trip with Royal Caribbean. We've cruised solely with Carnival up to this point, but with the Carnival fleet pulling out of Europe, we decided to try Royal Caribbean. Very excited. Jeff, thanks for the email. Always a pleasure to welcome someone new to the Royal Caribbean fan club. And you know, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know the answer to this, but I do know someone who does. So I actually emailed one of my very good friends, Kaylee Lay from the CruiseCast podcast. I said, Kaylee, you got to help me out here. Jeff wants to figure out how to make this happen and if, you know, he's going to be okay with his plans. So Kaylee wrote back, they can come back on at any time. Sometimes the cruise ship offers an unlimited shuttle, bus, or boat back and forth for an additional cost. Princess puts them in our room and we had to take it to guest services to get refunded since we didn't use them. There is a monorail which connects the ships to the plaza where you can reach the city, and it closes at 11 o'clock p.m. I do believe there's a walkway which takes about 15 minutes after the monorail is closed. Great overnight city, though. Venice is gorgeous after dark. So, Kaylee, thank you so much for that answer for Jeff. And, of course, check out Kaylee's podcast, CruiseCast, which is at CruiseCast.com. Jeff, hope that helps you out there. And 
That is the case also about other ports as well. When World Championships dock over, not like in Bermuda or San Juan, they have the opportunity. They're just basically floating hotels. You can come and go as you please. And our last email is from Damien Nude of Brisbane, Australia. I've become an addict to your podcast since discovering them a few weeks ago. They are awesome. I love the variety of content and the different ways you present it. And your enthusiasm is infectious, so thank you. We haven't cruised with Royal since 2002, and we are excited to have secured a Western Mediterranean booking on Allure of the Seas in June 2015. We are then jumping on board Legend of the Seas, and when she makes Brisbane her home port in December 2015. We're so excited about having Legend of the Seas providing easy access to Royal Caribbean ship in Brisbane for the first time. Keep up the great work, Matt. Damien, thank you so much for your email, and I'm glad that we have some more listeners down under who are enjoying it, and it sounds like you're going to have a couple different cruises coming up that are going to be really exciting. I mean, Allure of the Seas is going to be amazing. I really think you're going to enjoy that. It's such a huge ship. And you know what? Having Legend of the Seas that close, there's really something to be said about having a cruise ship that's available to you very, very close. I'm not sure where you live in Brisbane, and I'll be the first to admit I don't know where Brisbane is versus where Legend of the Seas is going to be booked. But actually, it says in your email, Brisbane. So it's going to be very close. You can probably drive. And if you can probably drive, it's going to be very nice to be able to just not have to worry about flights or luggage or any of those delays that always come with that. It's just a lot of stuff to deal with. Instead, you just drive there the morning of, maybe even day before. Make it a nice little weekend before your cruise. It's going to be a great time. So, Damien, please let us know how you enjoy your cruises, both the Mediterranean and, of course, when Legend comes to Australia. And remember, I want this podcast to be an interactive experience with input from all of you. So I encourage you to send your thoughts as you're listening to this podcast by tweeting us, posting a message on Facebook, emailing us, or, of course, posting a comment on our site. So if you want, you can tweet us. We are at the RCL blog on Twitter. Facebook, we are facebook.com slash Royal Caribbean blog. Email, always open at matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. That's M-A-T-T. Or call the Royal Caribbean blog voicemail by calling 408-6-ROYAL-6. That's 408-676-9256. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>